We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. We know that the people who are dying from this from this uh, disease. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. You've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Friday, the fourth day of February, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Marty Foster. Marty, how are you? It is good to see you. Thank you very much. I'm third middling. I'm a bit cold. I'm still recovering from my knee surgeries and um, hoping to get more mobile over the next couple of weeks. So thank you. I'm hoping that uh, you're going to bounce back just as you did the last time that you had one of those surgeries. Uh, and uh, I, I know some people that are personally praying for you, my friend. So, um, well, hoping that's that, uh, very nice. Hoping you make the uh, the recovery, Bruce. How are Thank you today? Healthy and alive. A uh, bit chilly here as well. Uh, we've got fresh snow on the ground. Um, I don't know, good three inches, maybe four inches, yeah, uh -huh. something like that. Uh huh. Just enough yeah. to be annoying, isn't it? Just well, enough to be annoying, and it's still coming down. So we may end up having more later, and it's uh -huh. minus what, like minus eight degrees Celsius. Something like oh. that. Also, it's, it's a good three or four inches yeah. would be three or four inches would be very welcome here because it makes the garden look tidy. <laughs> it covers everything up. That's a good. Uh, point. But it's still cold enough to be to be snowing. But of course, it isn't. On in the south of England, we we um we still feel the effects of uh, of the Gulf Stream, and that tends to keep this area um a little bit warmer than the rest of the country, and um, it just stops the snow most of the time. Um, but I've always loved snow, um, but then again, I only had to live with it for maybe two or three weeks a year, not two or three months a year like yourself, Bruce. All, all I'm hearing out well, of to be fair, him is just uh, it's it's deflections, really, isn't it? Because it's just I, I hear I hear these excuses, and what he's really doing, he's a climate denier, and he's denying the effects uh, of, of man-made climate change. You really need to be paying attention to those Extinction Rebellion people that are out there gluing themselves to train carriages, sir. <laughs> Uh, also, to, to be fair, I think Johnny's the one that ends up with snow for like two or three months of the year. We end up with snow for like a week out of the year. <laughs> ah, I I remember being taught at school in geography about continentality, particularly for Europe, and why the UK's weather, although we're only within spitting distance, which is handy, so I can spit the French across the Channel. No offense. Well, no, actually, quite a lot of offense. Um, but the the continent itself, the the way the the weather patterns move round, that they do get pretty harsh winters. You know, at the moment, you've got snow just about everywhere in Germany, haven't you, Johnny? Except where I am, there is no snow. There was a light dusting a couple of weeks ago, but where I'm at, uh, this is one of the warmest regions, so it kind of um, kind of stays a little bit at bay here. The, the only thing is, though, is it is good. So that like the snow is good. Uh, the farmers appreciate it because it helps with the uh, the water table. So uh, it, yeah. it is it is good with that, good for that. But we've had plenty of rain regardless. There we've had a, uh, loads of rain. So I mean that that's just as good. Uh, but anyway, let's get off the weather. I have a couple of things that I want to talk about today. I usually uh, I, I usually say that, but I tell you what, let's just start with Marty. What's on What's on your radar? What's front and center for you? Uh, and and we'll uh, go that direction. Front and center for me 
is the U-turn on the mandatory vaccination for NHS staff. Um, enough people protested. Enough people um, started to come out, you know, medical healthcare professionals, senior doctors, people who actually know what they're talking about, came out and said, you don't vaccinate to protect someone else. You vaccinate to protect yourself. Those that wanted the mandate uh, were using the hepatitis vaccine as an example. Well, of course, if you're going to be elbow deep in someone's innards, you want to make sure you're not catching anything from them. However, with COVID, and particularly those that have been double jabbed, they actually make, in my opinion, and it's not that of a medical healthcare professional, but it seems common sense to me, if you don't suffer symptoms because you've been jabbed, but you can still catch it and you can still pass it on, it makes um, asymptomatic um, transmission even more likely. So the argument for a mandated vaccine falls to pieces. So that's one thing that that that's there's been a U-turn on that. And I personally know people who are no longer under threat of dismissal and have had letters to confirm just that. The, the next thing is the attempt to sneak through this Bill of Rights amendment in which it looks like uh, there's four main things that concern me. The first is that the change would be well, would mean that you would lose your body autonomy uh, for the greater good. So, you know, because your government decides that it's for the greater good that you have this particular treatment, then you, you are forced to have it. At the moment, the Bill of Rights uh, stops that, prevents that from happening. The next is um, fewer trials by jury um, in, in the Court of Human Rights and more single judge or multi-judge panels. And of course, I don't trust the judiciary because they are selected by government and they're put into place by government. And, and so it's one more opportunity for absolutely bona fide cases to be thrown out, out of hand. One of the other things is um, a reduction in the amount of damages that can be claimed. And this, to, in, to my mind, is, is a preparation to protect Big Pharma and the health service for giving people this vaccine. Because we know from the, the evidence, just from the sports people, that it's caused a great deal of, of damage and death um, amongst healthy people. Um, and we do not know the, the, what the long-term effects of this gene therapy will be. And the final one, if I can just remember what it was, it, it was to limit cases that can be put in front of the Court of Human Rights to situations where the individual has been severely disadvantaged. Well, there's an old saying, a stitch in time saves nine. So when you first notice your rights being eroded, that's when you start to complain, that's when you start to legislate against it or start legal proceedings. If you wait until um, they've done you as much damage as they can by ignoring your human rights, um, it's too late. So that's that's what's on my mind at the moment. The U-turn, the Bill of Rights, and the third thing is the um, the hike in national insurance. Now, in the UK at the moment, um, they've taken the cap off energy prices, and most homes are going to be paying around about £700 a year, more than they did before, uh, to heat and light their homes. As well as that, they've also raised or intend to raise national insurance. National insurance is what pays for the NHS. 
and other benefits. I think this hike is so that the money raised from the increase in national insurance, and bearing in mind it's paid by both the employer and the employee, the employer pays about two-thirds of the amount and the employee pays one-third. Um, I so think it's like, this money... So it's like that, the American yeah, system. So it's like the American, the American system, the 80-20? Yeah. Okay. I think this is so that that money that it's going to raise is already ring-fenced to pay for the vaccines that Bill Gates is going to be filling his pockets with the non-existent money that we're now all using. When Ned gets here sometime this week or next week, he's got a lot to talk about. And you told me an awful lot of stuff the other day about, and we've said it all along, but what you found out recently is is absolutely gobsmacking on how there is no money, that the banks are more than empty. They are a sucking great big black hole of debt. And it means that with the amount of money spent on furlough systems, on loans that have been fraudulent, something like 8.4 billion of the loans that were given to businesses in the UK were fraudulent. The people were taking the absolute piss out of the government, which I'd normally support, but they're stealing money straight out of my pocket. Um, so all of this, this, this negative equity, this, this, this zero below zero money situation that the world is in, um, and they're raising taxes on us, and it's just gonna, it's gonna come nowhere near filling that that void. But that's what it's all about. It's about ring fencing money to put into the pockets of the people that develop this snake oil. Well, that's uh, that's quite a bit to take in. Uh, which which point would you like to start at first? I, I well, I tell you what, let's let's start with this. You mentioned the footballers. Let's start there. Uh, we've got yeah. we've we've got a lot of footballers that have dropped uh, this weekend. I saw in the UK last week on Saturday, the Saturday matches. They had five matches that were stopped in the UK. Five Premier League games in the UK were stopped, and the teams left the field because of cardiac emergencies. Also. You had uh, another player this week, 35-year-old Alfie Nunn, tragically died after reportedly suffering a heart attack while on the pitch during a game in Dubai where he was living. And then, of course, as of today, you had a 21-year-old player from Greece who was, I mean, he's just, he's 21 years old. He's just starting his professional career. He's just starting. Died of a heart attack on the pitch again. I wasn't really going to, I don't want to get too deep into this. Obviously, we're not going to reveal too much, but you just had a consult today with a cardiologist. I did. Uh, and I'm For in comparison. my 50s. For comparison. Yeah. I'm, I'm in my 50s. I'm ashamed to say I smoke. I've got several other health issues, arthritis being one of them. And I've recently had every single cardio test uh, available. And my heart is absolutely normal. My rhythms are fine. My blood pressure is fine. And I am unvaccinated. Now, these these athletes, they have to be vaccinated in order to travel, to compete internationally. Yeah. They've got to have it. And you're yeah. telling me we're, we're up over. I, I think you looked at the the, uh, the official FIFA numbers, didn't you? At the number of uh, of heart related complications that professional athletes are suffering in the last 12 I, months. I did. I did have a look. Uh, I, sorry, I can't. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what the well, figure it was is now. Was, but it was something. It was. It shouldn't be. It was like two thousand yeah. percent increase or something. Oh yes, yeah. It, it was a, a definite, you know, exponential increase in the numbers from the previous pre-COVID years. I mean, Dubai this time of year, it's the best weather the country has. 
It's about 24 degrees. It's beautiful outside. And for that guy to, um, to drop dead in Dubai is, is quite, and Dubai and the rest of the Emirates have all had mandated jabs, even to cross from one Emirate to another. Bearing in mind, some people live in one Emirate and work in another. And most of the locals, the Emiratis, may have houses in one Emirate where they keep one wife and a house in another where they'll keep another wife. Uh-huh. So <laughs> they, they've, they've taken the jab up. And of course, the expats were earning probably three, three to four times what they'd earn in their own country. We'll just do whatever the government says because it's the old greed thing. They don't want to lose those jobs. Yeah, and um, if you're living used in Dubai, to be, it, I mean, it, yeah. Dubai's had one of the uh, w- one of the strictest mandates as far as COVID passes and and everything like that, as you said. But the yeah. city, the city itself, has been very strict on their uh, their COVID restrictions. And of course, that's where this this uh, this footballer lived. He was competing there, and oh, well, of course, he's going to have to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, he he would have definitely been vaccinated. And I mean, this time of year is when they hold all their five-a-side competitions, and it's particularly good when Ramadan coincides with the cooler part of the year because you know it moves so many days each each time because it's on, it's on a lunar cycle rather than yeah. um, mm-hmm. rather than the revolutions around the sun. So, uh, and during the the evenings uh, in in Ramadan, they they play a lot of sport and soccer because that they're going to eat. They know they're going to gorge, basically. That's not the idea of Ramadan. The idea is to fast during the day and then eat a normal meal at night. But what tends to happen are these massive iftars where they basically just eat all night. And then, I, a, I mean, I've had it. Yeah, yeah you, well, you lived. Yeah, you you were out there for uh, for a good number of years. I was actually invited to uh, to a friend of mine who was uh, who was on one of my business teams in the states, and uh, he was he was Muslim, uh, and his family invited me it, during Ramadan. They invited me over to his uh, to his home one night for dinner, and the food was. I, I felt like I was at uh, at an all you can eat buffet. It was unbelievable. Yeah. the amount of food. Yeah, and it was delicious. Oh, it's good stuff. Uh, however, they also gorge on sugar. And the following day, bearing in mind they've had virtually no sleep and they are coming down off a massive sugar rush, the road traffic accidents are horrendous. I've, I've, I've actually watched someone fall asleep at the wheel. Uh, the car ran into the central reservation and then proceeded to do a full 360 back over to the other edge of the road um, and come round back in front of us and come to a stop. And it, was, it wasn't until the car came to a stop in front of us and we slammed on the brakes um, that the guy woke up. So, and I, I had my own office um, at the place I worked. It was just me. It was my office. But a lot of the locals used to come in, sit in one of my comfortable leather armchairs, and just have a little snooze. Just come in for a little, a little doze during the course of the day because they were so tired uh, and coming down off a massive sugar rush. But yeah, this time of year, Dubai, beautiful weather. It's not too hot. You can imagine someone having a heart attack running around in 50 degree heat but when you're talking a beautiful 24 26 degrees that's not what's happened this guy's had a heart attack at the age of 35 and died because he's been vaccinated do you know who a radio presenter and television presenter uh is in the uk named james whale does that name ring a bell yes i i do know james whale he he had a successful tv show a chat show a while back but the the man is I'm not a big fan of his. What are you going to tell me about him? 
Well, this was uh, this was rather interesting because you were talking about the NHS, and, and I want to address that uh, as well. So let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, and, uh, and segue into that. Uh, you talked about the mandate for the NHS. Of course, that's been squashed. I have uh, a clip of Sajid Javid we can play real quick, uh, but I, I want to get to this James Whale tweet first. This was his tweet on the matter. He says, To the Prime Minister, do not change the policy on mandated vaccination for NHS staff. I'm in hospital on Thursday. I don't want to be treated by somebody who thinks they're a Above vaccination. Yeah, that's just confirmed everything I've ever thought about the dickhead. Um, <laughs> he he's he's such a hack. He's he's uh, highly opinionated, much like myself. But he's woke, and um, he, he's just trying to hang on to the last vestige of his fame and notoriety, just to keep himself in work. So yeah, James Whale, kiss my fat one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here's uh, Health Secretary uh, Sajid Javid uh, on the uh, ending of the vaccine as a condition of employment. It is not only right, but responsible to revisit the balance of risks and opportunities that guided our original decision last year. While vaccination remains our very best line of defence against COVID-19, I believe that it is no longer proportionate to require vaccination as a condition of deployment through statute. So, Madam Deputy Speaker, today I'm announcing that we will launch a consultation on ending vaccination as a condition of deployment in health and all social care settings. Subject to the responses and the will of this House, the government will revoke the regulations. You know, I, 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 I was appreciating everything he was saying there, but uh, I couldn't quite get over the fact of, man, that was one hell of a shine he's got going on. Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty rich coming from you, mate. So, <laughs> what are you trying to say? Thanks, Bruce. Well, what, nothing, what are you trying nothing. to say? Let's move yeah. on. Move on. He got told. He got called out on on a visit to a ward. He went to ask a, a group of nurses what they thought about the mandate. And uh, was his his name Doctor Steve James? I believe um, that sounds right. I I do believe that. Sounds I, right. he's I, been making... I'm I'm embarrassed that I can't remember his name. Yeah, but yeah he's a he's hero been, of mine now. He's He's been making uh, several appearances on Good Morning Britain to kind of set the record yeah. straight to that woke staff that they've got there as well. Yeah. So Rabid Javid got told how wrong he was. And the world has seen it because social media is an anathema. However, it got that video out there because you didn't you didn't see it on um, mainstream media first. You saw it on social media first. And then and then it got released on mainstream media. So he's had to. He's been embarrassed into it, and I'm truly thankful for that. Um, I, I want to move over to the uh, to the upheaval now. Let's talk about this. You've you've been watching what's going on in Canada. That has arisen since uh, since you've last uh, been here. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts on Canada? I just can't believe how fake and facile Trudeau is. I mean, seventy percent of communication is nonverbal. He hasn't got an ounce of sincerity in his body. His facial expression, um, his choice of language. How did he ever get elected? I'm not sure it's, that he was, to be honest. As I've listened to these clips of uh, of like Klaus Schwab, to what he said last week that we played, well, he didn't say it last week, he said it in 2017. But we've, we've had our suspicions that a lot of these Western leaders have not been elected for quite some time. We've had our suspicions and where yeah. all this agenda is coming from. And Klaus kind of kind of shored that up a little bit. When he when that uh, video of him came out of a speech that he gave at Harvard University in 2017, when he said 
uh, well, we have all of these, uh, the, all of these world leaders as, as young global leaders. And what's more important is that we penetrate the cabinet and we make sure that all of the people in the cabinet, who are unelected, by the way, are on board with our view of things. Meaning, even if you get rid of the sorry sack that you think that you voted in there to begin with, the, the banks have already paid off with fake money in your name, I might add. They'll just replace them with somebody that's even more on board with with the uh, the World Economic Forum than what you've already got. So, for example, if you get rid yeah, of Trudeau, if you get rid of Trudeau, his deputy prime minister up there, she's worse than him. Uh, I'm not even exaggerating because she is another one of Klaus Schwab's lackeys. She's another young global leader. On top of that, if you start looking back at her lineage and her admitted family history that she acknowledges, her own grandfather was a Nazi. Yeah, and... You know, Which I'm Boris, not, uh, to Boris's father. Yeah, yeah to, just to that point, I, I need to be clear. To that point, that doesn't necessarily mean that the person that's now a, a descendant of theirs actually thinks that way. But you're not really doing yourself any favors by the company that you're keeping when it comes to the realm of politics that you're working in. I'm just saying that. No, but as I've mentioned before on, on the podcast, there's a poem by Philip Larkin called This Be The Verse. And it basically says that your parents give you their faults and some of your own just for you. And you can't avoid it. It's by osmosis. I was brought up by my grandparents who who, um, fought in the Second World War. And when my grandmother died, I moved in with my mother and my stepfather. My stepfather is a Spaniard. And his, um, fortunately, his family fought on the, the fascist side during the Civil War. Um, because if they'd have fought on the communist side, I would not have been allowed to join our armed forces. So that tells you exactly what, yeah, you had a country that was divided into fascist and communist. Right, right. And, and so the UK's perspective on it is the fascist side is okay. Right. We'll let that, we'll let that slide. Uh-huh. Because a lot of people weren't given a choice. The fascists right. would true. rock up. That's true. Hand them a machine gun and said, We'll fight. You'll fight for us now. Um, if you agree, we'll give you the ammunition. If you don't agree, we're going to shoot you. So it's well, <laughs> it's kind of it was kind of a hard kind of a hard choice. But those people shaped the way I used to think. The way I think now has been uh, modified by my own experience. And if you look at Merkel, she was groomed by the World Economic Forum over decades to take that role, and she's she's totally. In, you know, has a, a debt of gratitude to the Davos group. And you can bet everything she decides to do will have their backing. You heard the uh, the clip of uh, of Trudeau uh, basically uh, knocking the, uh, uh, the the movement that's uh, that's happening at the uh, the border. Yes. Yeah. He only attends protests that he supports and that he agrees with. And of course, the Black Lives Matter, that being one of them. And we, we've talked about this on the podcast before. And the reason our politicians are pandering to minority groups is there are so many minority groups now, including people with gender issues, the trans movement, LGBTQ+, which I've got no problem with, uh, and all the other minorities. When you add them all together... They make up the majority. Everybody has, has got some link or another to a, a minority issue. So that's what they're doing. That That's that's why he'll attend uh, a BLM rally. But also BLM, being a, a neo-Marxist organization, fits in with their plan to control us using Marxism 
as, as a totalitarian system to keep us under control whilst the crony capitalism continues. And speaking of crony capitalism, uh, let's get right into the debt. Um, do you want to? Uh, w- which way do you want to go on the debt? We discussed it yesterday with Ned and how horrendous that actually is. Uh, we finally revealed it yesterday to uh, to all of the listeners on the. Uh, well, they say it's even twenty nine trillion, but we don't know. We don't even know that for a fact. So, well, th- um, those those I sort mean, of numbers just baffle my mind. I mean, it's yeah. if any of us uh, showed that level of. Um, irresponsibility in the way we manage our bank accounts um we we can expect to be uh have our accounts closed we can expect oh, to not be able to be, get a bank account anywhere we'd, we'd never we can be expect able to, to be business, bankrupt yeah. yeah lose our homes um and and have no credibility however because they've kept it largely hidden i, be, I believe you did did you talk about the the first two year then the next two year then the 10 year um yeah sort of blackouts on on what the banks were doing from 2008. Yeah. You know, they've been able to keep this secret and I suppose all the time hoping that there, there was going to be some kind of financial miracle for them that would let them fix the problem. Um but instead they've they've launched COVID um which is achieving all the aims that they want to achieve. So uh, I'll throw in and and, and point out um uh, 29 trillion, okay. Uh 1 trillion if you take one trillion and put it into seconds, that is thirty-one thousand seven hundred and nine years. That's that's only one trillion. Uh, of course, twenty-nine trillion. We're going to multiply it by twenty-nine, and that's almost one million years. Yeah. So that to put that in perspective, because when you when you start getting into billions and trillions, that is well, trillions especially, that is so far removed from our line of thinking. It it, it is. It, that is an, an enormous amount of money. And, it, you know, it, it, if you put it into uh, paying off $1 a second, obviously you're never going to pay it back. Uh, it, 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 it's not going to happen. So, no, it's, it's debt that gets passed on to your descendants, basically. And they've, they've got it set up now so that virtually every country in the world, their national debt has risen so highly that every penny you know, of GDP that that country makes, an extremely high proportionate of p- proportion of it is going back into paying off the national debt. So on on the face of it, they've got a fairly high flow of money back into the World Bank, back into the Federal Reserve, back into these places that have lent or underwritten the government's quantitative easing and all, all the rest of it. So yeah, they, they, they've got us coming and going, I'm afraid. And, yeah. and I don't want to make Klaus Schwab's argument for him, but a great reset of some kind is necessary. I personally think that as like, if you just take it stage by stage, looking at the facts with the um, the gene therapy vaccines, they don't give you immunity. They don't stop transmission. Therefore, they do not do what they were designed to do. So all the countries that have bought um millions of doses should refuse to pay that would be a start that that would be a big start there must be lots of other examples where the country once it's got some but what would happen one country or another would would then start a war over it they'd be attacked um we know that the the Rothschilds have sponsored both sides in every major conflict in Europe for over 200 years so that's what they'd do again they'd get a weak 
country or a country that still had one of their puppet leaders in um, to kick off the war. Um, I don't think that's what's happening in Ukraine at the moment, uh, Ukraine and the Russian border. I don't think that's what's happening at all. I think nations like Russia, um, that are considered rogue nations, uh, are actually turning out to be the good guys to a certain extent because they're not playing the the, the game. They're not playing ball with um, with Davos, even uh, though Putin Putin was one of the um, young global leaders. When it comes to Russia and the whole Ukraine thing, I think Russia was actually intentionally, like in the beginning, they were intending it to be uh, a bargaining chip. They were they were trying to bluff, I, I think is what happened. Yeah, and then they found out how weak um, America is right now, how weak our president is. And he's like, well, you know what? Bargaining chip. Hey, that we're going to keep it now. And uh, he's he's threatening to full on take it over. And the positionings that he's doing kind of looks like he might be. I mean, he's got troops on the border. He's he's uh, trauma teams are now moving in. I mean, they, they're, they're starting to move in stuff that looks like he could be doing it. But again, it could all just be a game and he's bluffing uh, this whole thing. Well, it just uh, create, your point, creates further tension, doesn't it? Tension and fear yeah. globally. But to your point, he he does seem to to basically be a just uh, just leave us alone. We want we want to have our own country, you know, and have it successful, if you will, and just leave us alone. We don't want to get involved. That kind of seems like the position he's taking, more yeah. or less. Um, but it's, to, to it's just go- a pity there's not a few more countries like that 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 just want to. Be left alone. We'll make some stuff. We'll sell it to to anyone who wants it. Um, but in the meantime, just leave us alone. Um, yes, I wish uh, America were that way. Personally, yeah. The thing about America, of course, is it's such a big place, and with fifty states, each state having kind of its own identity and its own way of making money, and and so on. It I I can't really count it as one country. So yeah, but. They manage somehow to get an absolute ass hat into the White House. What's the word? Well, a senile, demented old man. Whose family? Puppet, but of course, whose family took thirty-one million dollars that we know of from the Chinese Communist Party? Right. There you go. Um, Maybe even more. Uh, some of that's coming out, and they they may have taken even more from the uh, Chinese Communist Party, uh, from the Russians um, in Ukraine, Latvia. I mean, there, there's a lot of money they've been doing. They've they've sold American secrets. Um, but this, this is what was on Hunter's laptop, yeah. Uh, which which laptop? More. Which which laptop? Oh, the, yeah, the laptop disappeared. Yeah, there, there's a few. Well, I mean, he did explain that. Was that your laptop? For real? I don't know. I know, but, but you know that this is. I really a, don't know. Okay. What the answer is. That's you don't know yes or no if the laptop. I don't have any yours. idea. I no. Of course, certainly. It, it, really there know. could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that that was the that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. Let's see. Now he he cleared it all up. Yeah, could be. So yeah, is uh, honestly to be fair in his defense, legitimately, I think he could have been so high that he doesn't actually know whether it truly is or not. <laughs> to be fair, completely high and exhausted from Russian hookers. Yes, uh, or uh, from uh, smoking Parmesan cheese. One of the two. Yeah, yeah Parmesan was, cheese. I yeah, Parmesan no cheese. idea that that was any kind of natural high. Yeah, uh, it, it's not. He oh. he was such a drug addict uh, that he found Parmesan cheese on the floor and thought it was cocaine and smoked it. <laughs> I was. And he's, um, not the, he's not the only one. 
But just on that point, he's not the only one. I know we were talking about Trudeau just a little bit, ago, just a little bit ago. Um, yeah, the Chinese Communist Party they bought off Trudeau and his entire family too. Uh, by the way, with a lot of money, he's not only compromised by Klaus Schwab and company; he's also compromised by the CCP. Yeah. Well, um, also we we have government officials like Pelosi and uh, our favorite uh, GOP leader, uh, Mitch McConnell. Uh, he's has a business. What is it? Uh, a shipping business, I believe it is. And he did some deals with China and they manufacture his uh, uh, shipping, you know, the, the the ships that they use, the cargo ships that they use. Um, China manufactures them and did a deal with him for multiple millions. I think it's something like 34 million or something like that. He also so. keeps a lot of his money in Chinese banks as well. It's probably yeah. going to be the safest place to keep them. Um, yeah. If you, you know, if you've got enough stick it somewhere that's that's on the up and um you know uh you you had we had a clip before we started to to record of of george soros george soros yeah talking. i can pull that yeah I can pull that yeah because th- it's it's interesting that here's a man that we do blame for a lot of what's gone wrong globally and and a lot of the corruption but here he is slagging off the chinese to some extent so China's Xi Jinping is the greatest threat that open societies face today. The country's roiling real estate market, falling population, and fast-spreading Omicron variant might be his undoing, all during his prestige project of the Winter Olympics. But you look at what Xi Jinping has done. I was in China, on mainland China, a very long time ago, 1986, and Shanghai looked like an old, early 20th century city. It's now one of the most modern, cosmopolitan places in the world. I actually have a photo of that time and then modern times. Would you like to see it? Yeah. So on top here, you can see Shanghai in 1990, which was right around the time that you were there. Yeah, late 80s. Okay, early part of the 90s. Four years after, yeah. I I can't imagine that it changed much in four years, given that picture. But if you look at that, Uh, and then you, you compare that to Shanghai in 2010, so 12 years ago, and I can't imagine that it's advanced much more to this point other than that, that is a significant difference, my friend. It's huge. And uh, it's just that the globalists have decided that we're going to buy everything from China. So all the fake money has been pouring their way and allowing them to spend, spend, spend and build this absolute metropolis, very modern buildings. And it's just growth, growth upon growth in China. Uh, And it's all because we've allowed ourselves to be persuaded that our products are too expensive and we need to buy it from someone cheaper. But that is so short-sighted because what it's done is it's killed our manufacturing industries and there's a very, very long road to get back to any semblance of of our our industrious past. We're not going to get there unless our politicians are not globalist WEF puppets and actually care about their country. But we haven't got that at the moment. You haven't got it. We haven't got it. So... We need to get these puppets 
out of office as soon as possible. Well, I, I agree with you, but we also have the the looming problem of the banking system behind it, as in, like, and literally, it's the insolvent banking system. They have led everybody to ruin, and the average person out there doesn't know it yet. But I, I honestly believe that the people that are out there, the ones that are protesting COVID now, I think they have a pretty good understanding of that. As in, they're aware of the fact that you've got the Klaus Schwab types, the central banking types. These are the same people that are responsible for the coming social credit system. Just to give you an idea, for those that are not aware, look up the following places. Look up BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, and Blackstone. Search those four companies and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Those are the militant arms of the central banking cartel. But... George Soros, right? I'll, I'll, let's let's just ju- let's just cover this here real quick, since you uh, since you quoted his tweet there, and that's his, that's his actual Twitter account. You can see it, blue tick verified, and and everything else. Xi Jinping is the greatest threat that open societies face today. Well, it just so happens that he's the chair of open societies. Now we're gonna play a clip here of him. I have to be honest; he's looked better and he sounded better before. Uh, he's he to me, it sounds like he's got one foot in the grave and the other one on a banana peel. But uh, he's. Uh, yeah, he's he's basically he's talking about G here. Let's uh, let's hear him. Jinping has done his best to dismantle Deng Xiaoping's achievements. He brought private companies established under Deng under the control of the CCP and undermined the dynamism that used to characterize them. Rather than letting private enterprise blossom, Xi Jinping introduced his own China dream that can be summed up in two words, total control. That has had disastrous consequences. Again, we all know that this particular individual is responsible for a number of atrocities throughout nations. As a matter of fact, this man single-handedly broke the Bank of England. Which is why I despise him. But the other things he's done just adds fuel to the fire. The interesting thing he said there was that he's, what did he say, neutralized or, or something, the, the journalism. Uh-huh. And, and that's what's happening across the world now. You can see the same pattern they are neutralizing real journalism. And all you're getting is this preferred news outlet, propaganda, blarney, that is is brainwashing the vast majority of people. And you're right, most people who are not aware and you know those that have run to the vaccination stations to get their, their poison jabs, they won't be thinking critically. But the ones that have resisted, ourselves included, have asked why. Why are they pushing this? What is the purpose of these jabs if they don't work? And it is to gather data. It is to gather electronic information about us so that the social credit scoring, when they try to enforce it in our countries, can work because not everyone's on the grid. They don't have details of everyone. Anyone who's lived in the UAE, by the way, has had their retina scanned would have had an ID card with an electronic chip on it with all their details linked to their bank account, their criminal record, or rather their their good behavior record. Because if you have a criminal record, you don't get in and you don't stay. You know, these kind of totalitarian rules, which you'd expect inside a country where the royal family are also the government, and it, it's it's basically a, a religious state, you'd expect that. But in, in secular countries like the US and the UK, we're never going to put up with it. There, there will be people who, who will go along because they know no better, 
But thankfully, we managed to wake a few people up and more and more people are standing against what they're trying to do. That video you played of Schwab, um, is there any chance of that Soros. being slowed down? Or excuse me, yeah, Soros. Is there any chance that that was slowed down? I don't think, I don't see how that sounds. Well, the reason like I say that is they did, they did the same thing to Pelosi and it sounded like Pelosi, but she sounded hammered. Uh -huh. I mean, she already sounds hammered anyway, but it, it's yeah, just he, slowing it down. By he's the, nearly the 90, isn't he? he? He is nearly 90 years old. But the uh, the, the other thing is, is I, I don't really have I don't really have anything as far as like a, a baseline because Soros doesn't talk very often. When he makes a statement on something, he does it in an op-ed piece somewhere. He doesn't speak publicly and he doesn't do video releases. I, I've not seen him do video releases in a very long time. So uh, I think I, I think that's his attempt at squaring himself. Yeah. Um, with the Almighty. Really? Um, he, he yeah. He he knows he hasn't got long. Right. Unless that's they're gonna. That's why he's pushing Alexander, his son. Yeah, but he knows he hasn't got long, so he's he's calling out this warning as a as a way of um of squaring all the other crap that he's inflicted on us, and it's just like a confession. It's it's like um. Back in the medieval times, you, you could pay people to take your sins. Uh, they called them a sin eater. And uh, it, it was a weird ritual, very, very apocryphal, as in the ceremony came from the apocrypha that didn't get into the Bible, but it involved eating a piece of bread that the, the sinner had, had touched and the sin eater would take away their sins. And that's what he's trying to do. He's, he's trying to take away his own sins. Well, he's got um, a lot of making up to do for that. Well, yeah, uh, it's it's not enough, is it? But no, he's right. He's right. He, that was um, going to be my question at the end. There was the statement that he made. Was he incorrect? Because I don't think he was. You know what it is? Is uh, if you imagine a James Bond film round the table at the Spectre headquarters, and With you've Klaus got Schwab, Schwab the there. Head, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Schwab is there at the head, stroking his white cat. <laughs> And he's wearing that lovely costume, his cosplay outfit. Uh-huh. Where he looks like a Romulan, yeah. But there's there's always there's always a challenger. There's always someone ready to take that leadership position. And Xi Jinping is probably that guy. So he's more difficult to burn than these smaller, less powerful country leaders are. But Boris is now being burnt, and quite rightly with party gate about the parties at number That's 10 joke. when the rest that, that of the is, country was locked down yeah, and, yeah. and people people are still missing the point uh, the point is that they knew that it wasn't a problem to to be in close proximity to each other and not socially distanced while they were enforcing it on the rest of us so what was the reasoning behind that if people would just ask themselves these questions we'd have an even bigger support for for what we're trying to do and what the other protesters are trying to do. I answered my own question, by the way. I, I pulled up the Twitter for Soros, uh, Soros. Yeah. Yeah. That was the official released video. What you what you played, it was oh, not it. slowed down. So okay. uh -huh. that, that was him. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I, 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 unfortunately, I don't have a baseline to compare it to, but that sounded like him. I mean, based on the, the past interviews I've seen of him, because he doesn't he doesn't do camera stuff very often. So when he, well, no, it, when it he makes, sounded like him, it just, I wasn't sure yeah. they didn't slow the video down to make it sound Entirely like possible. he's... Yeah, Older, it's entirely possible. But no, that's that's him. That that mm. was the officially released one. Okay. Let's spend the last few minutes here. Let's let's spend the last few minutes talking about the Ukraine uh and, and what a bunch of nonsense this is. Boris Johnson has uh sent some of your uh uh your your troops to mainland Europe now. 
I, I, I'm not quite sure what his uh, his thinking is on that. He also addressed Parliament this week, saying that he wants the UK to lead the West sanctions against Russia. Yeah, Bruce and I talked about this when you took a short break, and Bruce had a, a very good handle on it. My opinion is that Putin, although he was one of the global world leaders of the World Economic Forum, mm-hmm. or young young global leaders. He's a rogue. Yeah, he's gone rogue. And Bruce, I believe you said that you just think he wants to be left alone. He just wants Russia to be left alone to to do Russia's business. Now, the Ukraine itself had been part of uh, of the Soviet Union from the start, and there are ethnic Russians living inside Ukraine. And he feels justified, particularly because of the gas pipeline and and other um, you know financial incentives. He feels justified to to go and grab that back, and it, it's a vote winner as well inside Russia. And I saw videos of Russian people being interviewed about it, and they're like, "Oh no, no, we're not the aggressors. We're we're not um we we we're, we're not intending to. It's all lies." But then you see the photographs or the the, the film footage of thousands of military vehicles lined up along the border. And Bruce, I believe you said they were moving their their medical trauma units up, so their field hospitals, which, you know, when when you move a, a couple of military divisions, you expect them to have their medical backup as well if they're if they're expecting casualties. As far as the UK is concerned, I believe we've sent equipment, and I imagine that equipment is largely communications and surveillance equipment, as well as possibly some anti-tank capability. We've sent people to train the Ukrainians in the use of the equipment. But this is this has been a long tradition of the British Armed Forces to send training teams that have wound up doing the actual fighting. Um in uh I think it was Yemen in, and Oman, you had the British Army tactical teams, which were all special forces, and they basically fought off the rebellion because the, the local soldiers weren't up to much and ran away quickly leaving the training teams to do all the fighting. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I'm hoping Putin backs down and that Bruce's concept, and if I'm putting words into your mouth, correct me, but it seems a a real brinksmanship kind of um, exercise that that Putin's engaging in. And and with Sleepy Joe saying, well, I don't mind if it's a minor incursion, that's okay. Yeah, for God's sake. Oh no, it didn't, didn't help. help. And then at all. On, on top of that, he just sent uh, what 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 was the, what was the number like five thousand uh, uh, California State National Guardsmen to Poland a couple of days ago. These are weekend warriors. These are what you know the one weekend a month, two weeks a year uh, kind of people. We're, we're rotating yeah. them out in Poland. Yeah. Why? Why? He just sent another five thousand uh, here to Germany with more on the way. We got a garrison here, forty thousand, and we're sending an additional five. Well, the, the only people that, that, that what's fascinating about this is, is the only people that seem to be stirring this mess up is our two countries, the United States and the United Kingdom. We're the only two and our medias are the only two that are stirring this up. The Germans, the French, the Russians and the Ukrainians actually sat down in Paris a couple of days ago and yeah. had a talk. So what? what why are. Oh, we, I think we all know what it is. I mean, this is what our this is what our governments do. They stir up. It's a, conflict. a big distraction. Yeah, it's, they stir it's up a, a conflict. It's a deliberate conflict. So. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher had the Falklands. Ronald Reagan had Grenada. Which, you know, by the way, it, to that point, to to that point, the uh, the whole the whole thing that we set up down there in Panama, 
it's striking the comparisons here. It's funny you mentioned that. So Noriega, yeah, Manuel Noriega in yeah. Panama, yeah, pineapple height. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually had a, uh, I guess I'll just call it what it is. They set up a money laundering operation down there in Panama because yeah. at the time the Panamanian government kind of just oh, looked the other way. You know, all the cartels and all the drug lords, you know, Escobar and all the rest of them, they all kept their money in Panamanian banks. Yeah, that's kind of what we did down there. We, we kind of set that all up, that whole corrupt network. They did the same thing or they attempted to do the same thing under the Obama administration, under the tutelage of Joe Biden and his son in the Ukraine. That's what they wanted to do. Wow. That's what this is all about, I think. That is 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 that right there. If you start digging around, uh, and if you look at the entire network that they set up in the Ukraine to start with, it's exactly what they did in Panama. That's what Panama was all about. And that's what the Ukraine's going to be all about. They tried to set it up as a cash cow, as a slush fund where they could launder money through it. They could front it to uh, oligarchs and the corrupt banking system over there. And then they could fund their private little armies to menace whatever they needed to menace in the region. And that's what it was all about. For example, you put in a quarter, you get a dollar out, right? That's what they were doing. That's exactly what they were doing. Anything else? Me, I'm all talked out. Okay. It's uh, it's been a good conversation. Uh, I've I've really enjoyed it. I wasn't at all sure at the strength because this the the these podcasts do exhaust you, don't they? Uh, we've we've said that before. They do. Um, it's like it's like doing uh, it's like doing a few rounds against uh, uh against Mike Tyson in a boxing match. I mean, it's you, uh, yeah. You you have to you have to sit down when you do a podcast. You can't just you can't just come on here and talk. You have to sit down and you have to talk. You have to do a podcast. I mean, you have to you have to have the energy behind it. And uh, it's it, it's it really takes a lot out of you. By the time we're finished, I'm just I'm done. I, I, I'm, I'm so done. I, I just don't even want to do anything else. I'm done for the night. Uh, I've already had, uh, uh, you know, I always I always work out before we start and do these things anyway. So I make sure that I'm energetically there. Energized. Yeah. 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 Um, that's that's been a bit difficult for me of late, but um, yeah, as well as being cathartic because it, it gets things off your chest, you do have to have thought about what we're going to talk about, uh, and and you a lot of the time we're thinking on our feet, as in you'll put forward a topic, and we've got to try and give a valid opinion and a viewpoint on it, and there hasn't really been a time when we've never managed that. We there, there's no dead air. I know you've got that clever software that stops that, but um, we've managed, and, and I'm quite proud of us. Uh, and um, sorry, listeners, if if you think we're just patting each other on the back right now, but we are a little bit. So we've, we've always managed to to fill the time we've allotted ourselves to to talk about these things, and it's because we care. And you know, at the base of it is is a certain amount of anger as well. We're angry about things. But it's therapeutic. You know, you, you did mention on one of the very first episodes we did, this is pre-COVID, you said doing podcasting has saved you tens of thousands of pounds in therapy. Yeah. Well, it would do if the British ever went into therapy. We don't bother. We just treat <laughs> mental Ill- illness as as, a, as an occupational hazard. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we don't do therapy very much. It's, it, it, it's coming more popular for people to have counsellors and people to train as counsellors. But if you've got a good group of friends and you can get down the pub, you could get all that off your chest. But of course, the last two years, getting down the pub hasn't been easy or possible on, on some occasions because of the COVID restrictions. It's one of the, the ways in which they've, they've managed to try and break us. And again, just to point out one last time, there were more psychoanalysts and behavioral therapists on, in SAGE than there were 
virologists and immunologists. Mm. And there's a reason for that because yeah. it it was it was um, it, its purpose is to advise, advise on how to manipulate a populace, not to stop the populace from getting a, a virus. Well, my friend, I think that when I look out at what's really going on over here, I'm not talking about the crackpot media. I'm talking about what's really going on. When I see that, I get a morale boost uh, every day when, when I see that, when I see what's actually happening. And I, and I see that what we're doing, and may, maybe it's not necessarily just us, but what we're doing is gaining popularity. Uh, I'll just put it that yeah. way. It's, yeah. it's having an effect as in we're playing the long game uh, and it's been slow going, but we're actually winning over the people. And that's what it's all about right there. You have to win over the people and it has to be peaceful. And that's what it's been. That's what it is here. It's not destructive. It's not violent. And it, it doesn't need to be. We're not the destructive. But, we're not the violent type. We need to rebuild the world that the destructive, divisive and violent types have destroyed. Well, the enemy is turning on itself now. I really do not like Whoopi Goldberg. She got suspended. Yeah, yeah. This, this, this is my point exactly. I kind of understood her point. What she said about the Holocaust—that it wasn't about race. Of course, it was about race because Hitler uh, and the rest of the Nazi Party viewed the Jews as a race. Yeah. But it wasn't just the Jews that he killed. It was homosexuals. It was gypsies. It was. I actually have a. Uh, it, it's interesting you say that. I actually have a um, uh, a photo. I actually have a scan here of the uh, the individuals that they targeted. Uh, this is a scan of the original. Uh, this is obviously it's not. It's not, I, I don't think I, I can't blow it up any uh, anymore here. I don't think. Yeah, but look there. We, what we got? We've got one, two, three, four. So five, you have six, you have seven. immigrants. You have political. These are the classifications. You had immigrants. You had yeah. political prisoners. You had, of course, uh, Christians. You had uh, yeah. homosexuals. You had asocial. Uh, this is the old writing in German. So I'm, I had to actually have somebody else translate this because I can't read this. And then you had people that were unemployed. So people that didn't have jobs. And of course, you had you had the ones that were the, the religious ones. So uh, Jewish uh, specifically, uh, you had those. But this yeah, is, you haven't this just the got groups. the Star of David there. You haven't yeah. just got the Star of David. Right. You've got about 25, 26, maybe 30 um, yes. different symbols that people had to wear to show who they were so that the Gestapo and the, the you know, the Nazis could round them up accordingly. But yeah. the point I was trying to make about Whoopi, ridiculous name, and isn't it funny that she chose, it's a stage name, obviously, it but is. Goldberg, she chose yeah. the name Goldberg, and then she makes an error like this and gets suspended. Well, it was an error, but it wasn't malicious. It wasn't actually that offensive. And if you... I hate making her argument for her, but when you look at that picture that we're looking at and see the 13 different categories of people that were rounded up during the Holocaust and, and killed, it wasn't just about race. So this is now, largely th this just on that point. This, this is largely this is a piece of history right here that you're looking at. Yeah. And and yeah, this yeah. is largely overlooked. People don't know this. This is, and even so, this is largely not even taught uh, in your mainline history classes. Any of this? No. The, the the reason I knew about it, and I knew there was many categories of people classed as undesirable under the final solution, was I watched a TV series sat on my grandfather's knee called "The World at War," and it explained everything about the Second World War, including the Holocaust, including the um, you know, the the whole roundup of people and, and the transportation. But to cut a long story short, I just wanted to say, isn't it disgusting that she's been kind of cancelled? 
as yes. much as I don't like her, yeah. um, she's now been cancelled by her own kind by being suspended for saying something that is is her opinion and is backed up to a certain extent by history. So that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're that's that's what we're dealing with. That that knee jerk wokeism reaction to someone with an opinion. And though most of her opinions I wouldn't piss on if they were burning, I, it's it's not right that she should be cancelled because she has, of it. The, she has the right to say she has the right. I mean, the First Amendment that gives her the right to say those things. You know, the freedom of speech. So I I, I agree with your position. I I don't agree with the the things that she said. And moreover, if she would have just said. If she wouldn't have said it wasn't about race, because obviously the Nazi seen it as race. If she would have said it was humans being acting evil, you know, enacting she evil did. on other she humans. She did. On, on she the video. She, she did, yeah. She but did. She, she left said it it's, at that. it's about man's inhumanity to man. Yeah. If, and if, if she'd have she said it wasn't just about race, then then she probably would have been. But we all make mistakes. I mean, how many times when we've opened up on a subject that we feel very strongly about have we misspoken and and had to go back and correct it? Yeah. So I I agree with you. The 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 okay. So in this situation, I don't I don't give her that leniency. Um, I I I will stand with her and allow and 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 her right to say it. Uh, you know, freedom of speech. But I don't stand with her in what she said. I agree with the part that it was man's inhumanity to man. I I agree with that premise. But the problem is. Uh, she said it wasn't racism. Well, the new definition of racism is only against people of color. Uh, oh. That's so. There's a bit of a caveat there. She's probably believing the new definitions. You know, you're right, and I hadn't really considered that till you just started to say it because that's the way she's thinking. These aren't brown people, therefore it can't be racism. Yeah, it's clearly there. It's white on white, so it's not racism. So it doesn't matter because only black lives matter. I guess that'll I be the end of the conversation. <laughs> I guess yeah. that'll be the end of the conversation. All right, uh, my friend, it's been an absolutely wonderful conversation. It's been a real pleasure having you here as always. So I wish you a, a great weekend. And uh, of course, we will see you next week, sir. You will. And thank you very much. Good to see you, Bruce. Thanks, Johnny. Mm -hmm. Good night, all. And I apologize if my opinions have upset anyone. He doesn't really mean sorry. He, he doesn't sorry, really not that. sorry. No, he doesn't really mean that. <laughs> uh, for those of you who would like to drop us some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Please do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Marty and Bruce, and to all of the listeners, thank you all very much for being here. Everyone have a fantastic evening. For those of you who are signed up to us on Telegram, Bruce and I will be on the exclusive tomorrow. Hope to see you all there. For those of you who are not, you will get it on Monday. Have a fantastic weekend.